Well, we are continuing in our series. It's talking about the power of God. And I want to start this morning by saying something that I know about you that you may not know that I know about you. Uh, now, I don't know, obviously, each of you personally in, in a very intimate way. But I do know something about you. If I'm wrong, you can respond. It's okay. We'll have a little conversation out loud in here. Each and every one of you are a love-driven person. If you examine your life, most of your life could be explained by this drive for love that was born in you from your very birth. It only grew through childhood. It's continued to grow. It never ceases, even though we have some pretty discouraging experiences along the way. For each of us, now this one may be unknown, we value love supremely, and we seek it continuously. We seek it everywhere with everyone. We seek it all the time. We look at the very different forms that we can experience love, and we always want it. The truth is, we never have enough of it, and we delight when we can give it. Now, now here's the part that may or may not be familiar to most of us. We, we seek love of a certain kind. We're, we're seeking a love that, frankly, we don't possess. It's a love that's almighty. It's a love that never fails. It's a love that's perfect. It's a love that can look at us, our entire lives. It can look at every aspect of our character, everything we've ever done, everything we've ever said, everything we've even ever thought or fantasized about, every plot that we were considering, but it it didn't come to pass and even the plots that we considered and did come to pass every good thing and every far 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 from good thing we're looking for a love that can see all of that with crystal clarity and still want us desire us like us forgive us heal us guide us direct us never forsake us never reject us never condemn us that's the kind of love we're looking for where does this come from where where we can't find any love like this in human history except for once there was one time in all of human history and you know where i'm going where a person named jesus demonstrated this kind of love but the perfect love that we're all driven by living for seeking all the time tragically it's a love that we don't always possess to the degree that the great lover the lover of our souls the creator of our souls wants to give us we want to look at that a little more carefully we're going to turn to a book in the bible called the book of ephesians it's in the new testament the apostle paul was writing to followers of christ living in the city of ephesus and in this portion of scripture we're going to look at in a second he is going to pray a prayer now what's cool about this is this is a prayer you can pray for yourself you can pray for me I can pray for you we can pray for one another with a more or less guarantee of getting an answer because let's face it if the apostle Paul is praying it this is a person who is in union with God in a way that's beyond what we are he's praying this prayer so certainly it's within the context of the will of God so what the message is going to be about today is I've got the power of comprehending incomprehensible love. Now, I know that sounds like a contradiction. 
comprehending instead of comprehending think I've got the power to experience at least to some degree incomprehensible love let me take you to Ephesians the apostle Paul writing Ephesians 3 verse 14 he says for this reason if you were to read chapter 1 2 and 3 he's been talking about the eternal plans of God that are working out through Christ for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray. Now, he's going to, you're going to see this word twice. So he's going to give two prayers here. This is a prayer that I can pray, you can pray, we can pray it for ourselves, we can pray it for one another. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. They're going to pause. I'm going to go back to that in a minute. So Josh, don't switch the slide. Well, I'm going to go back to it. So that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I, here's the second prayer. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Let's go back to the first part. He says, I pray that... At, no, 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 Josh. That's what I said. Don't, don't switch the slide. <laughs> I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. But what's the purpose of this prayer? What, what's it going to bring about? If the prayer is answered, what's going to happen? Well, he explains that in verse 17. So that, so when I'm strengthened by the Holy Spirit in my inner being, the thing that it's going to produce is a consciousness of the presence of Christ. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That, that's just another way of saying that, that the presence of Christ will suddenly become very real, very powerful for me. Now, this strengthening of our inner being, let's talk a little bit about what this is experientially. So when I pray this prayer for you, when you pray this prayer for me, what's going to happen without me knowing it necessarily or you knowing it is, is that my God-enlightened reasoning faculties are going to be elevated. They're going to be raised up. My awareness, in other words, of spiritual reality, my awareness of God, my awareness of his kingdom are going to be elevated by this prayer. My awareness of myself, because when we're aware of God, how many of you have noticed you start becoming more aware of yourself, what you think, what you feel, what you're planning on doing, and so forth? Likewise, when we're strengthened inwardly by the Holy Spirit, our awareness of other people, it's elevated. God enlightened reason and conscience, our mind are working together, and we become sensitive to people, more sensitive than normally. We, we can kind of Take, pick up on their body language tone, tone of their voice different things we just start thinking about them differently just curious how many of you had, had an experience or had the experience and this is a little different but it's similar you start to pray you're praying uh, to the Lord about something it might be something going on in your own life or something you need and then suddenly uh, another person comes to mind and you start praying about that person but, but as you're praying about them your thoughts about them and your feelings for them and maybe what you were about to say to them or do for them, it, it all starts to change. How many have ever had that experience? Again, as our, as our inner being, our spirit is strengthened, consciousness of God becomes heightened. Consciousness of ourself becomes heightened or awareness becomes... Awareness and consciousness of other people becomes heightened. Our God-enlightened reasoning faculties, our conscience and our imagination, our abilities to observe and to reason, they become heightened, highly sensitized when this 
Holy Spirit inner strengthening occurs. And it puts us in a position then to be more aware of the presence of Christ. Let me just give you that one more time. Strengthen strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that, this strengthening is so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I become aware, more aware of the presence of Christ within me. Not just out there, but within me. All right? And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, now we can change, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And here's the key verse for the message. And to know this love that, what does it say? Surpasses knowledge. It's it's kind of a contradiction. To know this love that you really can't know cognitively. He's really saying to experience this love that you can't quite comprehend mentally. Now, again, Josh, you got to be patient with me, man. Just just hang in there. I just want to keep this here for a while. So he said being rooted and grounded in love, the verse before. It's saying that when we come to Christ, it is supposed to be his love that draws us. It is, not, it is not supposed to be fear. It is not supposed to be our desire to escape punishment. It's meant to be that the beauty of Christ's love, his kindness, his mercy, that's what attracts us. And then the prayer is that we stay rooted in it. We remember that he wants us, that he loves us, that he accepts us. We stay rooted and grounded in that. That stabilizes our life this inner heightened awareness of the love of Christ. And then it goes on to say this, this this inner strengthening by the Holy Spirit will allow us to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Let me just give you a suggestion here. Now, obviously, when it's using these terms, wide, deep, long, it's kind of an abstract, it's kind of poetic, it's just meant to express to us how vast is God's love. But I want to just give you something to think about. When you take how wide the love of Christ is how wide is it it includes every person that's ever been on this planet it's equal it's intense for every human being he has the capacity to love each human being every aspect of our life see every part of it experience every part of it with us that's how wide is his love when we ask how long is his love his love goes all the way back to eternity in eternity past, before there was ever an angel, an angel or angelic civilization, before there was ever a human, you, you personally, don't, don't think of yourself in mass. You personally, because God's capacity is great. He's all about the individual. He is not about the collective. You were in his heart. You were on his mind. Just like some of you that have had children, and you were anticipating the birth of that child, God was anticipating when he would bring you into existence. And he did it all with a heart full of love. He knows you. He's known you always. How, how long is it? It goes all the way back. His love for you goes back to eternity and extends into eternity forevermore. How high? It's as high as heaven itself. How deep? It's as deep as the cross of Christ. It is that sacrificial love that God has for you and I. That sacrificial love that, frankly, we have a very hard time comprehending, like this passage says, But we can't experience it if we just allow ourselves to be open 
to the truth that God expresses in his word about this love that's so foreign to us. It's a love that we've been drawn to like a magnet all our life. It's like this enormous spiritual magnet. We've been chasing it. We've been running after it. We've been grabbing every imperfect fragment of it that we can never get our hands on. But we never quite have it until we come to the source of it. And that source is God as he's revealed himself in Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. Let me just give you an example of what that means. Imagine this. If, uh, if you were to go to the Amazon and you were to come across some tribal culture there and you were trying to explain to them how good a piece of chocolate cake tastes. How, how many like chocolate cake? You, you you're with me on chocolate cake? Okay, you, you hardly get rejected about chocolate cake. <laughs> But, you know, the Amazonians, they've never had a piece of chocolate cake. They, you know, they, I don't know why. Why are they always eating these big, thick grubs, man? Every time I see a film about them, they're eating these things. They, they're, they're terrible looking. But, so they don't know. And so you're trying to explain what chocolate cake is and how it's made and the ingredients and what goes into it and all these things. But, but they can't grasp it. No matter how much you explain to them, how much detail you use, you talk about how it smells and the texture and everything, they can't grasp it. But how many of you know all you got to do is say, here, bite this. Take a bite. And do they, do they now experience it even though they can't comprehend it? Yes. Let me give you one more example of how there are things that, that we can experience but we can't comprehend them. I'm not going to ask you personally, but I'm just going to, you know, go forward with the, the knowledge that this is pretty typical. Probably each and every one of us in our life in here at some time have felt deeply discouraged I, I mean just beat just finished and someone someone comes to us and they show interest they show sympathy they show compassion and maybe they give an encouraging word now think about this you're, you're in a fragile broken state and, and just breath I mean let's face it a word a word is nothing more than breath coming out of our mouth and a vibration in the air I mean if you really want to break it down it's just a vibration our words and some breath but you know that that, that simple word uh, that simple breath and vibration it somehow enters into us it gives us new hope it gives us new strength it frankly changes the trajectory of our lives at that time and, and maybe over our entire life now, now we can't understand exactly how this works physiologically uh, but we do know it by experience so there's lots of things we can experience that we can't quite comprehend so here this prayer for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us inwardly is going to give us a capacity to know this love that surpasses knowledge it's saying to experience to some measure this love that we've been chasing all our life that we value supremely but we don't quite understand it that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God what does that mean? that just sounds weird to be filled with all the measure of the fullness of God this is going to blow your mind if you haven't really seen it it's saying that the answer to this prayer is that we will start to have the life of God. When we understand, when we, let me rephrase it, when we experience the love of Christ increasingly, 
it will so affect us it will cause us to have the life of God within our soul in increasing measure what do you mean Randy the life of God in your soul I mean that we'll start thinking the way that God thinks and we'll start we'll start feeling about things the way God feels we'll start caring about what he cares about we'll start knowing what it feels what God feels like inside and frankly we'll, we'll get a taste of who we were always meant to be so that's the answer that's the answer to this prayer now it goes on now to him it's not us doing this now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask and what is that last word or imagine one of the most undeveloped faculties you know we're made in the image of God made by Christ for Christ one of the most undeveloped faculties that we have been given by God is our imagination now every time we have to solve a problem we have to use our imagination to some degree but that imagination has a way bigger capacity particularly when it comes to spiritual matters we we need to exercise our imagination because spiritual matters almost inevitably are things that we can't see you know so that that stretches us beyond according to all that we ask or imagine he's able to do more more for you more for me more in me more through you and in you than I can ask him to do but even more than what I can imagine according to his power notice it's not my power his power that is at work where within us if you've put your trust in Christ and you are his follower you may or may not be conscious of the power of God existent in you you may or may not be conscious of the presence of Christ within you but this prayer is meant to heighten our conscious heighten our awareness of the presence of Christ and the power of God that accompanies his presence that is within us the power of God that accompanies this experience of his love that's beyond comprehension it's it's his power at work in us and it can do way more than we can ever ask or imagine his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever why does it connect this power of God at work within us to the church think about it Jesus started out with 12 guys and one of them was a was a deceiver one of them was a traitor Judas from 12 the best we can tell when he sacrifices his life goes to the cross and rises again the best we can tell is only about 120 120 disciples in Acts chapter 1 are gathered together to pray from there let's go fast forward to 304 304 years Diocletian a Roman emperor in the, the 10th cycle of persecution to stamp out Christianity since its inception Diocletian decides he's going to destroy every Christian he's going to destroy every Bible he is going to wipe Christianity off the planet that's 304 AD 313 AD Constantine the Roman emperor comes along and he bows his knee to King Jesus and the Roman Empire is declared a Christian empire from that point on when it's talking about the power within us it, why did this happen it's because ordinary Christians just kept telling people about Christ just kept sharing Christ every way they could everywhere they could resi completely resistant to all the pressure all the attacks all the persecution and so when it says that this power within us is going to work through the church and in Christ Jesus it's talking about that that power that love of God that will manifest itself by 
the development and the growth of the local churches through the century. Think about it today. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands, just in the United States, there are three, three to 400,000 churches, not to mention around the world. That all starts when individuals get a sense of the love of Christ and it motivates them. The love that we're talking about today, it's the most powerful transforming force in the universe and it's the most powerful motivating force in the universe. And that's kind of where we're going to put our concentration now for the rest of the message. So let's go to that, that point. Comprehending incomprehensible inner impact. This love of Christ that the Holy Spirit wants to help us experience, it will absolutely have a transforming effect on our life. It'll, it'll have more of a transforming effect than anything else in our lives. How many of you have heard of stories of people that they had a rough life and pretty much they had an unloved existence and then all of a sudden somebody comes along and just starts to love them and all of a sudden, they start to change. They start to blossom. They start to grow. They start to develop. They are, they are totally being transformed because just one person, one human being's imperfect love starts to affect them and transform them. How many have ever heard of a story like that in your life? Yeah, we all know them. There, there's, a, there's a power in love that is that is explosively transforming. It will change somebody who receives it, who lets it enter into them. So we're going to look at some passages of Scripture now that talk about comprehending incomprehensible inner impact. This love is transformational in those that accept it and have it uh, at work in them. 1 Peter 1.8 talks about this. It says, though you have never seen him, he's writing to it's about 67 A.D., you know, some 30, 34 years after Jesus had died and risen again. So Peter's writing to individuals that were followers of Jesus, just like you and I, but who had never seen him. So he says, though you have never seen him, yet I know that you love him. Loving someone we've never seen. At present, you trust him without being able to see him. That describes every, every Christ follower. And even now, he brings you a joy that words cannot express and which has in it uh, a hint of the glories of heaven. This, this term, even now, it brings you a joy that words cannot express. It's hinting at something that we all know a little bit about, or at least most of us know a little bit about. It, it, it's, it's the word euphoria euphoria we 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 get little small tastes some of us at least i hope all of us at times of, of euphoria we can't quite explain it uh, call it rapture call it ecstasy whatever it is but but there's there's these experiences these tiny experiences in life that just fill us with this sense that we can't quite express it it's a sense of joy it's a sense of like i say you almost lose your orientation but it's euphoric and Peter is saying the love that followers of Christ felt for Christ even though they had not seen him the trust they had in him though they had not seen him it was filling them with a kind of a euphoria and that's transformational every so often and I never know when it's going to happen and this has nothing to do with me being some kind of spiritual giant far from it I don't know why God even allows this but and I never know when this is going to hit me, but I, I get the best that I can put it into words, these glimpses into, 
into the heart of God, into the kingdom of God. I get these tiny glimpses. Don't, don't misunderstand this. I'm not talking about visions. I'm a real, real ordinary guy. I'm a person very much in process, just like you. But I get these glimpses, and the only thing I can describe is it, is it fills me with a kind of a euphoria, and it's, it's very powerful. It's very energetic. It usually brings me to tears. It doesn't matter what circumstance I'm in. I don't know why. I just know it's so. I believe that's what Peter is trying to describe here. The, the, these spiritual glimpses that fill us with a euphoric kind of energy that is frankly very transformational. Uh, you're, you're not changing because you're afraid of God. You're not changing because you want to earn something from God or get His blessing. It changes you because you have seen something so stunningly beautiful that, that you don't have language for it but you know that it's attracting you like a magnet. You, you so want to have it, to be like it. And I'm talking about the character and the love of Christ and the kingdom of God. I think that's what Peter is talking about here. It's a powerful transformational force. Let me share another verse with you. Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were, what does it say? still sinners it doesn't say when we when we when we turned away from our sins it doesn't say that it, it says that God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners Christ died for us let's let this sink in a bit that's saying that when then when I was knowingly and unknowingly breaking God's law using his name as a curse word living completely counter to his will and his ways absolutely unconcerned about God frankly mocking God mocking those that cared about him when, when I was completely headlong into sin didn't want to do anything else but live my way do what I want when I wanted how I wanted didn't care who I hurt didn't care what damage I did to myself when I was completely unconcerned in fact, the truth be told, when I wanted nothing to do with God, when someone would get around me and they start talking about God, I wanted to get away from them. Uh, maybe some of you can identify with that. I'm going to just ask you, you ever had a area er in your life when somebody just talking about God, all you wanted to do was get away from them? Anybody want to admit to that this morning? Okay, so we, we understand one another. The rest of them are too holy. <laughs> but you got to get this. you got to get this. When I was still a sinner, not even thinking about God, he loved me. <laughs> and he loved me enough to, to die for me. I don't get that. I can't comprehend that. But I have experienced it since age 23. And frankly, it's transforming. When I see that kind of love, I know that's the way life's supposed to be. I know that's the way every human heart's supposed to be. I know that's got to be the destiny of the human race because it's in every human heart. You've got to let this sink in. That, pray, that, that prayer that Paul was praying about the Holy Spirit strengthening us so that we could experience the love of God that is beyond our knowledge. You've got to let this sink in. When you didn't give a rip about God, when you were breaking his laws and using his name as a curse word, he looked at you with crystal clarity and he said, I love you. I love you. It has nothing to do with our performance it has everything to do with who he is think about this we, we can understand this to a degree when you have a newborn baby 
now it's your baby, and of course that, that makes a difference. But when you have a newborn baby, when you really think about it, you are madly in love with that baby from the get-go. But the baby's never done a thing for you. Baby won't even talk to you. <laughs> baby has done nothing to deserve it, you know. But you love that baby madly. So here again, we can kind of experience something of God's love. God loves us because of who he is, not because of who we are. And man, you, you start letting that come alive inside you. I'm telling you, it's powerful to transform you. It changes you. One more. First John 4, no, actually there'll be one more after this. First John 4, 10, it says, this is love, not that we love God, but what? But that he loved us. It's that same truth once again. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He loves us way before we ever have any positive thoughts toward him. Paul's praying, I, 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 want, I want you to understand, I want the Spirit of God to strengthen you, elevate your cognitive awareness, your imagination, your reason, your emotions, so that you can, you can experience this love of Christ that's wider and higher and deeper than, than anything you can experience. But, but you'll, you'll kind of get a fragment of it. You'll, you'll taste a little of the euphoria of it, maybe, if the Spirit of God has this way in you. He loved us before we ever loved him back. One more, I believe. Proverbs 19, 22. Everyone, that's everyone in this room, it's everyone that's ever breathed air on this planet. Everyone longs for love that what? Never fails. You've been, I've been, every human's been looking for unfailing love all of our lives. Now here's the tragedy. There's only one place that unfailing love can be found. It's, it's sourced. It's, it's from our creator. It's in Christ. But we run after it. We chase after it. We grab every little imperfect fragment that we can get. And tragically sometimes we find someone that authentically loves us. Now I'm not saying that's tragic. That's a good thing. But what happens tends to be tragic. Once we get an inkling that someone loves us, we, without meaning to, we put the entire burden of unfailing, perfect love that we hunger for, thirst for, seek constantly. We put that, we don't mean to, but we put that burden on them. How many of you know they can never pass that test? They can never love us the way we want to be loved. But we unconsciously do this. We do it to family members, we do it to friends. We do it to spouses, and we put a burden on them that they, they can never fulfill. They can never, because this love that we want, it's sourced in Christ. Once we go to the source, receive his love, experience his love, then the love that we receive from people in its imperfect fragments is, is wonderful. It's delicious. It's icing on the cake. It's more than enough. We don't need much, frankly, once we are soaking in the love of Christ. But boy, we, we can be harsh and demanding and downright cruel of other human beings because they're not giving us that love that our soul is craving. Our soul is craving it and we get angry at people because they don't give it to us. And yet, what we know in our hearts, we don't possess it either. In other words, if they were to reverse it and say, you love me with this perfect, unfailing love, we know we don't have it either so 
We have to go back to the source. The Spirit of God, like an enormous magnet, is always seeking to draw us. As we seek this unfailing love, we, we gotta go back to the source, and it's in Christ. And Paul prayed that prayer that if the Spirit of God strengthens us inwardly, then we can start to comprehend. We can start to comprehend the incomprehensible. We can at least start to experience it. We can start to taste something that we can't quite understand, and that expands us so that we can gradually start to have the very life of God in us. In other words, we will increasingly be able to see people and see life the way God sees it, to, to feel about people and ourselves, I might add, the way that God feels, and then to treat people, ourselves included, the way that God would treat us. It, it's a transformational experience, this love. It's powerful. It's not a lot of do's and don'ts. It's being attracted to something that we just know is beautiful and intrinsically right and wanting to have more and more of it in ourselves. So this love is the most transformational power in the universe. Let's look at a second component of it. Comprehending the incomprehensible outer impact. It impacts us inwardly when we know we're loved this way, but it impacts us outwardly. It motivates us. It motivates us. Instead of being takers, instead of going through life and consciously or unconsciously saying, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to give me? What pleasure are you going to bring to my life? What profit am I going to get by interacting with you? Which is the, the way most of us unconsciously go through life. We go through life saying, you know, what can I give to you? What, what, what can I do for you? How can I bless you? I just want to, I want to figure you out sufficiently that I can figure what little thing I might do to bless you, encourage you, strengthen you, move you toward Christ. We change inwardly. We have an expanded capacity. We're not takers anymore. We're not needy anymore. We're givers because we have fullness inside when we are partaking of this love that the Spirit of God wants to bring us into an experience of, even though it's beyond our comprehension so let's look at the outer impact 2nd Corinthians 5 the apostle Paul talking he says for the the love of Christ does what puts us into action when that love takes hold of us when we're rooted and grounded in it like that prayer in Ephesians it motivates us it's the most powerful motivational force in the world we all know that that love any kind of love, even in perfect human love, it's, it's a powerful motivational force. What we will do for love, it's more than we'll do for pay. It's more than we'll do when somebody's threatening us or intimidating us. Love just spontaneously moves us to take action, to give, to serve, to help, to encourage. For the love of Christ puts us into action. We are sure that Christ died for everyone. That means every human being's got value in the sight of God. He doesn't see us in this collective. It's being pushed at us today to think of ourselves in the collective. Do not do that. Do not buy that. God sees us as individually of infinite worth. You are individually of infinite worth. It's not about being in the collective. That's not how you make decisions. It's not how God makes decisions. Be sure that Christ died. We are sure that Christ died for everyone. So because of that everyone has a part in his death it goes on Christ died for everyone so that whenever you see that so that you know something big is coming so that they would what does it say live for him Christ died for you he died for me so that I would live for him they should not live to please themselves but for 
Christ who died on a cross and was raised uh, from the dead for them so Christ's sacrificial death was meant to have a outward impact on us it was going to impact us inwardly transform us but it's going to impact us outwardly it's going to it's going to set us in motion it's going to energize us it's going to move us out toward other people particularly when it comes to sharing Christ with other people but serving them and caring for them to the degree that we can and within the appropriate boundaries of the relationship so it's it's a powerful outward motivator let me go to one last scripture now this is in Ephesians 3.10 which comes before just a few verses before that prayer that we start out with it says God's purpose in all this was to use the church the word church it just means those that have put their trust in Christ and become his followers cumulatively God sees us as the church the word church it just means that we are the called out assembly the called out followers of Jesus who bind together collectively and we're now looked upon as Jesus body he gave his body up on the cross to win our trust back now we are his hands we are his feet we are his eyes we are his body God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display what his wisdom so God's going to make known his wisdom through you through me through us okay who's he going to make this wisdom known to he's going to make his wisdom in its rich variety to all the who unseen rulers and authorities and where where are they at you you can say it it's not it's not a curse word (laughs) in the heavenly places Paul's we don't think too much about living in a universe that's highly highly inhabited by other beings than ourselves if the question is asked is there other life in the universe the bible answers that from the very first chapters yes the universe is teeming with life and generically they're called angels these angelic civilizations have been around way 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 before us the scripture teaches that clearly we don't think much about them but God does can, can, can you can you let this sink in that that, that, that the, God is saying that the church you and I the way we live the way we function the way we respond to God's love in Christ the, the things that we do and don't do these these ancient angelic civilizations and rulers are looking at us and they're seeing oh wow oh wow god is so wise there's nobody like him he he really knew what he was doing now i'm going to give you just a little hint at, at where a lot of this is about think about it god created angels first he gave them uh, image and they are image bearers like us he gave them mind reason emotions and will just like us he gave them freedom is what I'm trying to get at when he gave these beings freedom when he gave them the capacity to ex- experience life like himself he knew in advance they were going to misuse it one third of them evidently misused it rebelled against him he knew it he knew they were going to bring his heart constant grief he knew they were going to bring havoc to the universe of beauty that he created he knew that the other two-thirds of the angels that stayed loyal were going to be like lord why are you letting this happen why don't you stop them why don't you do something he knew he would not stop them immediately he was actually going to let them go on and express their rebellion let it be seen let it be felt by angels and ultimately by the new species of image bearers he would create humans 
He knew that, that we, his image-bearing beings, in physical form, we would be deceived by one of these angels. He knew the havoc it would bring us. Every war, every, every crime, every broken heart, every abandonment, every, every hurt that a human's ever experienced. God experiences that too. And he's still sitting back. He's not stepping in. He's not judging. These angelic civilizations, why, why, Lord, why? And he, he's like, just trust me, just trust me. And then he reveals himself fully in Christ in human form. Shows his sacrificial love. For the first time, angels and humans know something about God that could not be known before he allowed evil to exist. To know that God is utterly unselfish, sacrificially devoted to those that he creates. And that he's totally, totally good. Needs nothing, gives everything. So here's the deal. He's showing his wisdom to these unseen authorities. They're saying, when are you going to stop this, Lord? It hurts us too. We hate to see this stuff going on. God is showing them the lesson. I'm going to allow evil to exist for a little while so that I can completely end it forever. By allowing it, angels and humans, we've experienced it. We, we know the pain. We know that not doing God's will is never a good thing. It just brings havoc. And so the lesson is learned so that now when God creates the new heavens and new earth, there will be a species of angels and humans who will live together forever united with one another and with God because we will be beyond temptation. We have been immunized by experiencing evil. All this God's working out through the church and all that entails in that. And that was a lot to take in, and it was a little bit of diversion, but I wanted you to understand what's going on. God cares about these angels just like he loves us. He loves them. We'll get to meet them, hang out with them. They'll, they'll help us uh, serve in eternity. Scripture hints at all these things and specifically says a lot of it. Anyway, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, this was his what kind of plan? Before he ever created an image-bearing being, he had it all in mind. He knew what was going to happen, but he really really loves to have beings that can experience life like he himself does that's the greatest gift he could give and he really really cherishes freedom and he really really cherishes when we take this freedom and we desire him we, we need to think more in terms of God is really looking for a people who seek him the scripture says that openly which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord so this, this completely powerful love of Christ, this perfect love we've been seeking, it's a powerful motivating experience. It changes us first inwardly, it changes us outwardly, and it's ultimately, it's ultimately changing the entire universe. Sometimes we go through things in this life and we don't quite understand why we would go through them. They don't make any sense to us. But think about these rulers in the heavenly places the next time you go through something you don't understand. And when you or I stay faithful to God, no matter what, there's some heavenly rulers saying, wow, man, God knew what he was doing. He was so much wiser than we ever could understand. Look how faithful those broken humans are to a God they've never seen with their eyes, they've never heard with their ears. God knew what he was doing. He knew what his plan was. So I want to close out with a couple thoughts uh, on this love. And, and I might take you somewhere that maybe some of you need to go today. Let me share this with you. God's love revealed in Christ, it's first of all, unmatchable and unconquerable. Evil can't conquer it. Nothing can conquer it. 
There's no one's love is like it. That's why God's called the Holy One. We can partake of his holiness, but he's the Holy One. He's the only one in the universe that takes all of his power and only always uses it unselfishly for the good of those he created. His love is this, and this is where it gets personal for us. It's unshockable, and it's unstoppable. It's unshockable. Some of us, if not all of us at times, still experience some torment of soul because we feel guilt we feel shame we feel regret we know that Christ died for our sins we know that God forgives us but we still feel we are still haunted we are still tormented sometimes by the shame by the guilt by the regret and and there's something in us that almost we, we we feel like maybe we've done something that's just beyond that, that, that God himself is shocked by it and we need to know that God's already anticipated our life before a day has ever been lived you and I can't shock God because he's already anticipated every part of our life we need to tuck that away it's unstoppable some of us we're afraid that our failures are going to bring us to a, a, a dividing point where all of a sudden God's going to say you know I'm I'm done you know I'm I've tried I've given you so much grace but but it's over that he's going to reject us he's going to abandon us he's going to leave us he's going to forsake us and maybe some of us this morning we we just need to know that that's never going to happen his love is unshockable you can't do anything that he hasn't already seen and he still loves you while we were still sinners it said Christ died for us and it's unstoppable he'll never leave you Jesus said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you it's unfathomable but not unexperienceable we can experience what we can't quite comprehend now I want to close in a very intensely personal way you're going to have to think you're going to have to think and this is going to catch you a bit off guard if it doesn't work for you now you can do this at home later on when you have more time more focus what would you desperately what more than anything would you like to hear God say to you use that imagination that scripture talks about and God's given us what desperately would you like to hear him say what would you like to be able to look in his eyes and see nothing but love nothing but safety nothing but acceptance but you would like to hear him say and please do not put something in there that you know is contrary to his word and will because that's only deceiving ourselves but within the context of what we've read that this love of Christ that's so far beyond comprehension we can experience it there might be a word you just you just need to hear maybe something you just need to hear God say to you that thing that you just can't get out of your mind it torments you in dreams that thing that you you know is forgiven but you can't forgive yourself maybe you you just desperately near to hear the Lord say to you look in your eyes and say it's gone it's forgiven it's forgotten it does not exist my son my daughter I love you do not torment yourself with this anymore it might be something very different it might be something as simple as my son my daughter I so approve of you I I so value you you don't have to run faster you don't have to jump higher you don't have to be different though I'm gonna loving you lovingly help you become different but I already love you as you are 
It might be something very unique, very personal. But if you could hear that word, you feel like, man, I could, I could catch a second wind, Lord. I could go at this thing a little bit differently if I just heard you say this. I have gone through seasons in my life where, I'll, I'll be vulnerable and honest with you, I have begged God. I have begged God. I said, God, Lord, if you ever speak to anybody, I just need, I really need you to speak this to me. I need to hear it. And he didn't. But his spirit has impressed on my spirit that anything my imagination, and that's why I'm asking you to do this exercise. It said in that passage we read that beyond anything we can ask or imagine, beyond what you can ask, beyond what I can ask or even imagine, his love is that vast. He's waiting there. He says that to us. Man, if you, you make this personal, you get along with God. If you can't think of what it is now, get home, do this, do this work, and, and it will bless your heart. It will bless your soul. It'll be a transforming power in you. It'll be a motivating power in you. And I'll close with something a little lighter now. How many of you ever play that game? Maybe with your kids, maybe with your spouse, maybe, you know, when you were dating, I don't know. But it's that thing where they say to you, I love you. And you say back, I love you. What's the next one? More. That's <laughs> what he says what he says no matter what we say what we do what we are he says I love you more we have been searching and aching and scratching for this love our entire existence we have looked in many wrong places we've tried to substitute possessions and, and pleasures and power and popularity it won't work it will never work that love is to be found it exists there's a whole kingdom full of it you were destined for it and God wants you to partake of it if you never have before starting today let's just pray let's just pray at this point Father you know us you know the barriers that we've knowingly and unknowingly put up that keep your love from flooding into us may this be a breakthrough day may your spirit have his way to give us a taste a euphoric taste of this love of Christ in whose name I pray, amen.